Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Okay, to no one's surprise, I don't think, the no. federal Green Party leader, Annamie Paul, has announced that she's resigning, uh, going out with uh, in, a, in a blaze of glory, really, just slamming people for how she was treated as party leader. Yeah. Have a listen to what she had to say here. She, here she is announcing her resignation. Rocket scientists to know that when you head into an election without funding for your campaign, uh, when you head into an election uh, without the staff uh, to staff your campaign, when you head into an election without a national campaign manager, um, when you head into an election uh, being again under the threat of a court process from your party, uh, it's going to be very hard to convince people to, to vote for your party. Annamie Paul speaking this what? morning, announcing her resignation. Your thoughts? What a mess. The <laughs> Green Party is just so damaged. Um, again, their internal uh, bickering, more than bickering, really vicious infighting, trying to take her down as the leader on the eve of an election, getting consumed by the whole Israeli-Palestine yeah. conflict, which really is nothing to do with federal politics. Uh, again, it just shows the immature immaturity of that party the um, the lack of professionalism uh, their vote uh, cr was crushed in the federal election it went from uh, I think well 13 percent in BC to less than five percent so no yeah they they really went backwards as a political party I'm not sure they can present themselves as a credible option in the next federal election. okay does she not have to wear at least some of this herself though as the leader of the party I mean you run a campaign where she barely campaigned outside of her own riding she's supposed to be a national leader and a lot of riding, key ridings in British Columbia was mm. supposed to be their base of support. Well, she came, they didn't even run candidates. I mean, she, isn't that down to her to an extent, at least to an extent? Well, to an extent, sure. But it's also the party executive uh, prevented her from spending money, uh, yeah. you know, stripped her of staff. She did come to Victoria on the last few days. The last of the weekend campaign. of the campaign. And what happened is they, their candidate in, in Victoria went from being the second place finisher of the last two elections, very strong finishes, yeah. to the fourth place finisher. I mean, their, their vote completely collapsed on the South Island, which is their strongest area of support. Elizabeth May was, a, was reelected. Uh, on the strength of her personality, not because yeah. of the Green Party, uh, but her vote was really diminished in terms of her, her percentage. So, yeah, Anne-Marie Anne -Marie, uh, Paul does deserve some, some heat here. However, she was dealt a bad hand. She only won with barely 50% of the vote anyways. I, I'm still wondering, though, like at, at some point the buck stops with her at her desk, and could she have done more to try and bring the party together? Like I remember listen, uh, hearing a quote from Elizabeth May who said at one point that she hadn't, even, she hadn't talked to the leader in like weeks or months. Well, I mean, it's, that's also on, it's also on May's uh, shoulders as well, why she yeah. didn't speak up more in defense of the leader. She wasn't out there defending Anne-Marie Paul. She was just basically out there. So, uh, no, it, I mean, Anne-Marie Paul's 50% of the blame, but the other other half is the party itself that's okay that party's in a that party's in a shambles and they did have shambles. some they did have some momentum going after the previous election though eh, so, somewhat but no. uh they've certainly lost whatever momentum they had they're going backwards big time okay let's talk about the bc vaccine card and today's the day when you have to use the qr mm -hmm. code uh, on your phone or the printout you would get from the government right you cannot use your immunization card that you got at the vaccine clinic anymore there was a two-week grace period where you could show that instead Right, but so again, today you have to show the actual it, card in your phone? Yeah, and but again, you and I were talking before we went on air, how many times have we had to use our use this? Maybe once or twice? Because people aren't going to restaurants in any great droves right now, and you don't have to show it pretty well anywhere else. There's very few instances where you actually have to show this card. Travel, 
um, restaurant uh, service, uh, but you know you don't need to show it to go to, to a shopping mall, to to retail, to get takeout, which many people didn't go to a coffee shop. Uh, this doesn't come into effect in in many instances in most people's lives. I've, I've used mine once. I've had one meal yeah, out with my twice. family. Uh, I've had to the register at the legislature. Yeah, yeah, uh, to show here that if you want, if you work at the legislature, you have to show proof of vaccination. And I've been to one restaurant on election night, the Japanese place just up the street here, and that's it. Okay, here's Ravi Kalon, who is the minister responsible for this on the vaccine card on your phone being required today. Enforcement is going to start to ramp up. In fact, it's already starting to ramp up. And so we will expect more bylaw or police uh, out doing checks uh, as needed. Okay, we've heard a few sort of uh, isolated cases of people being harassed. Maybe there's been more than we think, but... How do you think the rollout's gone? I think it's been pretty smooth. There hasn't been a lot of reports of, of mm-hmm. uh, belligerent confrontations and such. Now, I'm not sure how many restaurants and pubs are actually checking. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I was at a pub on the weekend and ended up not going in because the lineup was too long. We had to show uh, your, your vaccination uh, card uh, as a means of entry, and they were checking. And I assume most are checking, but some probably aren't. Some are wearing on their sleeves that they're not checking, but they are risking a penalty here if they get visited by enforcement officers. Okay, get sides to call me on that. I'm interested in what people are reporting out there, what you're seeing, if most of the places you visited that are required to check the card, if they actually are uh, checking for it. Let me, let's me let play another clip here of Ravi Kalon, a busy guy here. Here he is in another uh, file this week, and that is the government extending that cap on food delivery app fees. So these are the fees charged by DoorDash, Mm -hmm. Skip the Dishes. And you remember the government had capped those fees at a 15% fee if you use that app to give restaurants a break. Government now extending that fee cap. Have a listen. Businesses were forced actually to change their models to go to more of a delivery because of the pandemic and uh, having the fees continuously increased on them was really, really challenging on their bottom line. And so this was a measure that we were forced to take to ensure that our businesses survive through this pandemic. Okay, so 15% is the cap on the fee that can be charged by these food delivery apps, yeah. and that's now extended. Yeah, extended, no, no surprise. Again, look for these sort of pandemic benefits programs of various sorts to last quite a long time. Like the patios, we just seen yeah. a lot of them and, becoming and permanent. Both federal and provincial. There's going to be some changes here that are going to be uh, semi-permanent or permanent. And it's just, it's it's upending the hospitality industry. Some of it for good, some of it for bad, but it's uh, this is an example of something that's going to continue for some time. Do you ever use DoorDash or Skip no. the Dishes? No, my colleague Kylie Stanton in the Global Bureau uses Skip the Dishes all the time. Uh, hmm. But I steadfastly refuse to do that. Okay, I've been using uh, DoorDash and Skip the Dishes probably more than I should, just out of the convenience. I just get takeout. Yeah, just you can just phone it, phone it, phone it in, and go pick it up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, who? Yeah, like cut out the middleman. Cut out the middleman. I don't like yeah. paying a fee to someone just to deliver it to my door. Yeah, I get lazy sometimes. You are lazy. The, yeah, because well, the phone, the app is so it's well designed app, and it's you know you look at your phone. Oh, I just got, all I got to do is click the <laughs> click that app. And I'm getting a burger at the front door. Oh, so I should use it less. Drive and pick it up.
uh, first of all, uh, I've had favorable experiences. I've used the, uh, I printed it out, the letter. I don't have the smartphone. I'm an old retired guy. I uh, haven't got the high technology. But it works great. Uh, didn't take any time at all. They scan that. Uh, show them your driver's license into the pub you go. My question regarding that is, if everybody in the pub has been double, uh, double scanned and approved, why do we still have to wear a mask if you get up to go to the washroom or go to the keto machine? Uh, if everybody's uh, equal and they're, and they're all double vaccinated, uh, there, there shouldn't be any need. They're, they're going to consider reducing that. And my second question is why the, uh, the uh, teachers and support staff at the schools haven't been mandated to be vaccinated. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thank you for the call. Yeah, so uh, a couple things on the masks. Uh, even if you're double dosed, you can still get COVID-19 and you can still transmit COVID-19. Uh, about 10% in the ICU cases in, on Friday, I think there was about, almost 150 ICU cases. About 10 of them were double-dosed people, usually older people. So there's still a, a risk of transmission. In terms of teachers, this is very interesting. There has not been, last school year, very few incidents of transmission within schools. This school year, we're seeing a whole bunch of cases of kids under the age of 12 testing positive for COVID-19 because they're not vaccinated. So I, I don't think it's a done deal yet in terms of what the vaccination rules are going to be for teachers and support staff because elementary schools right now, a high number of COVID-19 cases. I live across the street from elementary school. It was yeah. actually the first one that actually in, the parents there approached me and instigated the change in policy, now requiring notifications of, of schools of parents in, in the school if there's if there's a, an well, outbreak or uh, exposure. Well, it was interesting to see Barry Penner, who's a former attorney general in B.C. and the previous liberal government, came out in an interview with Global News the other day and said, called for mandatory vaccination for teachers and, mm -hmm. and school staff. So it's interesting to see a, a former AG take that position. And remember that the teachers' union at one point, because we were anticipating, oh, maybe the teachers' union would fight back against mandatory vaccination for their people. Mm -hmm. They said, no. He said, look, we're willing to work with mandatory vaccination if that's what the province wants. I, I don't, yeah, I they don't, did, but they didn't do it. I don't think the BCTF will take the same position as the BC Nurses Union. The Nurses right. Union position is tearing that union apart right now. I don't think the TF would do the same thing, but we're not there yet. However, again, keep an eye on the numbers of elementary school kids testing positive. It went from about uh, 8% uh, through, through the pandemic to 17%. Wow. In, uh, of, of the cases on a daily basis. And to, uh, that number continues to increase. Randy and Tawasson, hi. Uh, yeah, how you doing? Good. Uh, just a uh, question as to uh, people from out of province coming in, in from the states, Alberta or wherever, what do you do to get a vaccine passport? You show you show proof of vaccination from your own jurisdiction, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 You, 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 so for an American to come up here, they have to show proof of vaccination at the border or at their entry point. Yeah. And so you just continue to show that when you go into a restaurant. I, you come from, to, what if you come from another province? Same thing. Yeah. Uh, you got to show provincial proof from your province. That's right. And yeah. so I talked to a number of Americans. It's interesting how many Americans I've met suddenly in the last week at the legislature. There have been a ton of Americans here. California, mm -hmm. Oregon, Washington State, Utah. I talked to a bunch of them uh, last week. They're all asking questions about basically that makeshift memorial on the front steps of the legislature, which is for residential school children. Yes. And they want to know about that. But it's amazing how many Americans up here, but they all have to show proof of vaccination. And I have to tell you, I feel a lot safer around Americans because I know they're vaccinated than around people because from they, other parts of the province. Because they can't get into the country if they're not. That's right. That's right. Okay, let's go to Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. 
Hey guys, uh, I know Keith, you're going to get defensive here, uh, but I got to take you to task. In media in general, with the Green Party, I'm a Green Party member, and while I agree with Mike that anime, uh, you know, uh, has a lot uh, to hold the bag, she was the buck stops with her. I didn't run candidates in my riding of Langley, so I didn't have an option to vote. So there was definitely issues there. But I also put it on the media. There was very little coverage. I listened for it because I am a member. I want to hear about them. I heard very little about it. Give you a prime example. You called her Anne Marie twice. Uh, her name's Anna May. So Anna that May. Just I called her Anna May. Sorry. Oh yeah, I'm just saying that just gives you an example. I know you're, 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 you don't like the Greens. They don't line up with you. But it's not your responsibility to tell us that they have no chance next election because we haven't even got to the next election. We just finished this election. You're well, telling us. They don't stand a chance. They're going to the security. No, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't have a, they don't have a chance if they're not even running a candidate yeah. in your riding. They got, they got zero chance. If, yeah, you know, And that's where I would say, like, some of the blame has to rest at her feet. Like, okay, she can say that she was, re- she was uh, experiencing kind of institutional resistance to what she was trying to do, but not run candidates? I mean, well, that's brutal. They had fundraising problems. They had organizational problems, internal squabbling, getting distracted by issues that really had nothing to do with the electorate. They were unprofessional this time around. They were a fundamentally different party than they were, I think, under Elizabeth May. Let's go to uh, Gord in New West. Hi. Hey, uh, Keith, I was just going to ask, what do you think Elizabeth May now was thinking about, you know, with her, her tenure in that party and kind of being a bit of a pioneer and a trailblazer? I'm all- what do you think is going through her mind with all of the effort that she put into that party over the years? Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Elizabeth May did have a breakthrough uh, moment a number of years ago, um, but the party's drifted since then. And I think Elizabeth May's, the leaders never really had control of that party. It's always been this executive, this these group of activists that are more interested in the Israeli-Palestine uh, conflict than they are in necessarily in Canadian issues. And that's that's a problem for Elizabeth May. It was a problem for, for Paul as well. And whoever's going to be the next Green Party leader, I have no idea who that would be, but they're going to inherit a whole nest of internal problems that I don't see an easy solution to. Thanks, Keith. All right. Keith Baldry, Baldry's Beat.